you should know your mom's slider recipe <gasps> won me the golden spatula. Are this, you uh, serious? Yeah, yeah. So I won the family cook-off. <gasps> and so then my prize was that I got to go around and I got to beat everybody's ass with the spatula <laughs> and tell them that their recipes sucked and that they lost. It was great. I got, I'm obsessed with that. I literally went up to my dad. I'm like, better luck next time. Smacked his ass with the <laughs> spatula. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Connor Perkins. And I'm Caroline A. Meddy. Welcome to any existing listeners. It's great having you back with us week after week after a couple of weeks. And to any new listeners, thank you for hitting play. Uh, it's great having you here with us. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast so all of our episodes download to your device. You don't miss out on anything new. And when you get to the end of the episode, make sure that you hit five stars and leave a couple words as a review because that helps us so much in reaching new listeners like you and being seen in search results, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, existing listeners, you know what to do. If you haven't done it, do it please. Yeah, Thank it's you. like the holiday season now. It's like a little present. Yeah. It's a little prezzy. Wait, speaking of prezzies, people, we have prezzies for you. Well, they're not free, We though. do. <laughs> it's on, we have prezzies for you on the Poor Unfortunate Shop, which is now open on our website. Go to poorunfortunatepodcast.com slash shop. You can see all of our podcast merchandise that we have for sale now. It's fresh off the presses as of October 31st. Mm -hmm. So if you are a fan of the podcast, have friends or family who listen, who might love some merch for the holiday season, it's a great gift that you can get them. Please note that holiday uh, sales, you will want to make those orders by December 12th in order to get them in time for the holidays. So go on the Poor Unfortunate Shop. Check it out. Yeah. From the people who have already ordered stuff, the pictures that we're seeing, the merch looks great. And this is truly like unbiased. Like we we each have um, a sweatshirt. So soft. I paid for it. Yeah, I paid for it. We paid for it. (laughs) Yeah, we're not trying to make money off of this merch here, people. We're literally, we just made merch because you all asked for it. So yeah. go ahead, get your merch. I'm wearing the the sweatshirt right now as we're recording. It's super comfortable. I look fantastic in it. He does. I also got one of the dad hats and I love it. Like when you're, when you're wearing your like, you know, athleisure on the weekends, running your errands, I just put my little dad hat on with that and it looks nice. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's lots of stuff there. Check it out. And if you're someone who has a fun idea for a design, uh, message it to us. If you're an artist who's like, oh, I think I might want to design some merch for you guys. 
hit us up. Let's talk about it. We can talk pricing, mm-hmm. like that sort of stuff. Like happy to collaborate with people who uh, who want to work with us. So yeah, but Poor Unfortunate Shop, it's now open. Grab your merch and make sure that your holiday orders are in by December 12th. Woohoo. All right, Caroline, what's new? Well, uh, something that I just saw on Instagram yesterday was that Disney Cruise Lines just purchased a partially completed ship. So something that exists already that they are going to make a part of the Disney Cruise Line fleet. And this ship is going to be uh, based outside of the United States. So um, we've got another ship coming to the fleet. I actually forget how many we have now, but it's growing and it's growing fast. Yeah. Yeah, very rapid. Yeah. Very rapid. Yeah. So that caught my eye on Instagram yesterday. And then just a small thing, but like we all know um, in Disney World, my family's DVC home resort is the boardwalk. So I'm always interested in boardwalk news. And so in the location where ESPN Zone used to be. Um, there's going to be opening flashback. So roll back. We used to like that. It would be like the first place we would eat when we would get to the boardwalk. So it's so funny oh to think God. about the fact that it's not there. There will be opening uh, the new cake bake shop. And so they just released some of the concept images for that. And it looks like it's going to be lovely. And if I am. It looks beautiful. It's like you, Crystal Palace kind of vibes. It's very classy. They're They're classing up the boardwalk a little bit. Not that it was not classy before, but. There's going to be, I think it's in the cake bake shop. There's also going, oh no, or maybe that's the place that's going to be next door. There's going to be a place to have like high tea in the afternoons. So uh, listen, classy. Love it. Well, speaking of some other park stuff, I didn't report this from last episode, but Believe Sea of Dreams, the new nighttime spectacular (gasps) at Tokyo Disney Sea, that is open. It opened on November 11th. It looks stunning. Oh my gosh, yeah. I saw some of the merch for it and the merch looks amazing too. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And, and an acquaintance of mine, his brother designed it and oh. lordy, it looks so good. I follow no. his Instagram and I got to see some of the, some video that he took of it and some of the concept designs of it. It looks fantastic. They really have figured out what to do with a lot of the things that they used in Fantasmic that have been repurposed from so many other mm-hmm. shows and, like, make it all feel fresh again. Yeah. And it just, like, looks really epic. Really, really oh, epic. So I'm excited for Believe Sea of Dreams. We there. We do. We really oh. do. We really do. Other parks news. Mickey's Toontown got its reopening date. It'll be March 8th, 2023. So that is in Disneyland. Wow. Toontown was shut down for some retouching and new additions and things like that. That'll be opening in March with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as the headlining new attraction of the Mm -hmm. space. And that actually opens on January 27th. Oh, wow. So fun stuff happening there. Also, last episode, I forgot to cover this, but Black Panther Wakanda Forever is now in theaters and had a terrific opening weekend. Mm -hmm. It brought in $180 million for opening weekend, making it the biggest opening in the month of November ever (gasps) and the second largest opening in 2022. Wow. So, bravo, Black Panther. Bravo, Black Panther fans. Like, this is great stuff. Also, in the world of new movies coming out, Strange World, that opened on November 23rd, debuting Disney's first openly gay teen character. Oh, my goodness. 
is it me or have I just not been paying enough attention? I feel like I know next to nothing about it. They have they have not been promoting it very well at all. Like, and whoa, and if and if I know nothing about it and we talk about Disney every day of our lives, what? I know. Oh, it's, wow. It's it's been a pretty packed season for Disney premieres mm-hmm. from Hocus yeah. Pocus 2, Disenchanted, Black yeah. Panther, Strange World. All of, There's just so much content mm-hmm. all the time that I think there's a bit of a mismanagement that's happening wow, given that yeah. Strange World is a Disney animation theatrical release. So that should be getting some, like, priority and some buzz. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but... Um, it looks fun. I kind of like the idea of not really knowing what it is because I'm going to be going in like basically completely blind. Like, truly, me too. Yeah. Wow. But it's got Kui Gwyn as the as the writer on it. And mm-hmm. Kui Gwyn did Ryan the Last Dragon, wrote She Kills Monsters, the play that most high schools in America have yes, probably yes. produced at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I'll support anything that Kui Gwyn does. It looks like a really cool story. I love the representation that's happening in the story. And just the fact that we're getting an openly gay teen character. I had no idea. I really didn't. Holy shit. This is, this is, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. I think if I had seen something like that when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I would not have wasted so Mm -hmm. many years. Yeah. So many years. Yeah. Yeah. So. I didn't I'm excited for this. I gotta spread the word. Sheesh. Yeah. I'm excited for this. It's also just, I feel like I'm not doing, I don't know what's happening. I'm not doing my due diligence right now because I, you posted the Elemental trailer and I, didn't, I, for, yeah. I get to watch that too. I'm just feeling a little bit out of the way. Oh my God. My it looks so good. Okay. It looks okay. so good. The vibe is a hundred percent right. Like Caroline, the trailer, you're going to get, mm, because it's. It's Ember, and she's on, like, a subway, and mm-hmm. she's got her headphones on and, like, her hood up and everything. Yeah. And it's all of these other, like, elemental characters, and it's just, like, a subway car, and she's walking. And then she goes to the doors, and she gets, like, her headphones knocked off, and she reaches down to grab them. And then a drop of water falls down onto her hand and, like, makes steam, and she's like, ah. And then she looks up, and Wade, the water element mm-hmm. character, is there, and it's their meat cute. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Wow. I, I, well, it looks it, so good. It doesn't feel like it's going to be... Is it going to be like inside out, but just kind of like rearranged? It feels very different from that. Okay, okay, okay. It, I, I was worried that it's... I'm like, oh, yeah. this is going to be the same sort of thing. It feels very different. It actually feels more in the vein of like a Zootopia situation. Interesting, okay. It looks really cool. I'm I'm pretty into it, so... Okay. Uh, and it's also... It's a romance, which I love. Yeah. All right. And we haven't had a Disney romance in a while, really, since like Wally. I like, know. Like just like a true rom com kind of situation. Okay. I need some of that. So yeah. excited for Elemental. In the Disney Plus world, Andor had its finale on November 23rd. Also, Mickey, the story of a mouse documentary that dropped on Disney Plus on the 18th. Mm-hmm. My dad had it on that night. Uh, I sort of caught the last half of it. It's really good. It's really good Aww. and really moving. And everyone should watch it and pay attention to the moments that they talk about the bake-off that happened to reinvigorate Mickey in the late 2000s. And just let that remind you 
that there's still such wonderful creativity at Disney. And that was when Bob Iger was like, Mm -hmm. we need to retake control of Mickey. People are seeing him as a shell, as this like jaded, like commercial icon. Mm -hmm. And we need to remind people who Mickey is. And was like, everyone send me an idea of Mickey. And that is what got us Epic Mickey, the video game. It's what got us the Get a Horse short. It's what got us the new Mickey Mouse shorts. It Like, it truly reinvigorated Mickey Mouse. And it's just, it was a really well done documentary. I didn't catch the first half. I'm probably going to go back and watch it. But essential viewing for anybody. It's really, really well done. That also makes me think of, I'm sure it's available outside of the Disney resorts, but I watched it when I was in Disney World. Um, is the special on the Disney World 50th anniversary hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. I watched that. I don't know if that's on Disney Plus or not, but I watched that when I was in Disney and the resort TV. That was also fantastic. We mm. all cried watching it. Like one, someone who was on the team um, for the opening day of Epcot was describing what he felt like where they had, you know, representatives from all these different nations come and pour water Ugh. into the fountain. And he made us all weep. The, they they really do a nice job with these. It's propaganda, but I'll take it. <laughs> and then the last stupid bit of news that I'll say is some idiot guy got out of his time machine on Spaceship oh, Earth God, and sat down with the Greeks. <laughs> I mean, to me, looking at that gave me the same feeling as like, you know, when you're like in a big group of people and you're like, what if I just stood up and screamed right now or something? I was like, yeah, yeah. it's the same feeling of like, what if I just and got he out did and it. sat up? And he, and he just did it. And I mean, I we shouldn't be laughing. It's terrible. But wow, <laughs> it's, it's 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 terrible to do. But like, if you're going to get kicked out of the parks, like. Honestly, that's probably the way that I'd one of the ways that I'd do <laughs> yeah. it. And to, and you just if you have want to a lifetime sure ban from Disney me. World, yeah. <laughs> the pictures of it are the pictures hilarious, hilarious and amazing. And <laughs> but like, folks, don't do that because that's just going to bring down a whole lot of shit on some uh, very low level employee who is yeah. not making enough money to deal with your shit. Absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah. you should not be laughing. But boy, yeah. that, that picture is something else. <laughs> It's the picture is amazing, but you can also Photoshop yourself into that picture. And get the same <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah. So uh, that's the that's the Disney news that we've got for now. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the episode then, shall we? Yes, please. All right. So this episode is our tips and tricks episode, and we have decided to sort of do another twist on tips and tricks because we are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Just reinventing the wheel over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we went to you listeners and we asked for some suggestions of Disney movies that you all love that we don't talk enough about on the mm. podcast. So we've gotten 10 movie suggestions that we're going to use. And we are going to kind of like how algorithms recommend things for you based off of something you like. We are going to recommend different things from different categories based off of the Disney movies that you love that we don't talk about enough. So we have 10 different categories, and we have to use all 10 categories over the course of this Tips and Tricks episode for the different movies. And so there will be two recommendations per movie, and Caroline and I cannot give you the same category 
for each one. So mm-hmm. as we go, you're going to sort of like get the idea. But the categories that we will be making recommendations off of are music, TV, games, theater, food and dining, home goods slash decor, apparel, books, travel, and podcasts. Mm-hmm. And the movies that you've chosen are The Sword in the Stone, Alice in Wonderland, Hulls, The Aristocats, Zootopia, Monsters, Inc., Enchanted, Lady and the Tramp, The Parent Trap, and Robin Hood. And never fear if you really love some of these. This isn't the only time we'll talk about them. We'll come back to these and do longer episodes. No. And I know that a lot of people in the fam suggested full ideas of episodes that we can do. And we will circle back to uh, give some more love to these movies. But we wanted to... Uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different for you all with this episode. So, mm-hmm. let's begin. We'll start let's with begin. The Sword and the Stone. Caroline, what is your category that you're going to choose for your recommendation? So, I am going to recommend a book that you should read if you like The Sword and the Stone. So, if you like The Sword and the Stone, you will also like the book Rules for a Night, written by Ethan Hawke. Yes. That Ethan Hawke. Oh. So I think this book is an absolute treasure. I think I saw it for the first time because I ran across it in a bookstore. And I ended up buying it for my fiance because he's into like nights and stuff like that. But then I picked it up and read it and I was absolutely charmed by it. So this is actually a great book for adults and for children. Like I would say maybe nine or ten and up. So the story takes place in the 15th century and is written in the form of a letter from the novel's protagonist, Sir Thomas Lemuel Hawk, to his four children. So the novel recounts episodes of Sir Hawk's Life as a Knight and offers advice to the reader on a variety of topics like love and chivalry. So Ethan Hawk was inspired by his own children to write this book. And this feels very much like the kind of wisdom Merlin would want to impart onto Arthur if things in the film were maybe like a little bit less chaotic, like maybe at the very end or something like that. So this book has 20 sections, each focusing on a different virtue. And then it ends in this like lovely poem. I'm telling Ethan Hawke can write. He can write. Mm -hmm. So the sections are the following. Solitude, humility, gratitude, pride, cooperation friendship, forgiveness, honesty, courage, grace, patience, justice, generosity, discipline, dedication, speech, faith, equality, love, and death. This book is absolutely perfect for reading aloud for both adults and children, which feels very in line with the sharing of legends like that of King Arthur. It's quotable, it's beautifully written, and it's like The narrative style is oddly comforting and feels very much in the world of Camelot and the Sword in the Stone. It comes in this also beautiful, it's a small bound green book with a gold sword on the front. It easily looks like something that you could find on Merlin's shelf. And it's so quotable. One of my favorite quotes from the book, though, is, Love is the end goal. It is the music of our lives. There is no obstacle that enough love cannot move. So this is just a more sophisticated take on things that I think someone might want a a future king to know about. So this is like, this would be like if we got the best of Merlin. I think this is the advice that he would give. Nice. What do you got, Connor? 
So my category that I chose is theater for Sword in the Stone. Mm. So if you like the Sword in the Stone, then you'll love Camelot at Lincoln Center. So the story of the Sword in the Stone is inspired by T.H. White's The Once and Future King. And actually it's only one part of the book. So, I mean, that's another book recommendation, too. But if you're looking to learn what happens in a later section of the book and spend some more time with Arthur after he has been crowned King of England, look no further than Lerner and Lowe's musical Camelot. Camelot is coming to Lincoln Center in New York City in 2023, in the spring, in a new production directed by Bartlett Schur and a new book by Aaron Sorkin that is based on the original book by Lerner. I really liked his To Kill a Mockingbird. I thought it was excellent. So I'm interested to see what happens. But for those of you who don't know, Camelot, the show, charts Arthur in his quest for democracy and justice in the world and his trials of love with Lady Guinevere. The show stars Tony winner Andrew Burnap of The Inheritance as Arthur, Jordan Donica as Sir Lancelot, and none other than Hamilton's own Philippa Sue as Guinevere. Tickets are actually on sale now, with previews beginning March 9th at the Vivian Beaumont Theater. Additionally, there is a fantastic program called Link Ticks through Lincoln Center that gives you access to $32 tickets, among many other perks, if you are between the ages of 21 and 35, because they want that demographic going to the theater as much as possible. So, highly recommend that you check out Camelot. They actually did Camelot as part of like a gala a couple years ago pre-pandemic, like a one-off like performancey sort of thing, like excerpts from it. And everyone was like, oh my God, when are you going to do Camelot? When are you going to do Camelot? And that's kind of like where it came from. Lincoln Center consistently has like the best poster artwork on Mm -hmm. Broadway. And the poster art for Camelot is stunning. It's this watercolor of Camelot the castle on this on these like rolling hills and it's just it's stunning it's beautiful so and they always have the best orchestras as well and this one is yeah it's a 30 piece orchestra 30 piece orchestra so that's almost what Frozen added to to have for Mm -hmm. a studio recording but that's gonna be live watching the show so yeah you you make sense of that in your mind it's gonna be awesome yes all right moving right along to Alice in Wonderland. Connor, you want to go first on this one and tell us what category you chose for Alice in Wonderland? Sure. So for Alice in Wonderland, I chose the category of games. Oh. If you like Alice in Wonderland, then you will love the board game Quelf. I've never played. Oh my gosh. So Alice in Wonderland is a classic and it was originally written by Lewis Carroll as an exercise of logic. All of the seemingly random and nonsensical things follow a logic pattern that makes sense. But in looking for a game that is as random and nonsensical as everything in Wonderland, you should look no further than the board game Quelf. This game describes itself as, quote, the unpredictable party game that gives random a new name, unquote. (laughs) So you play as one of eight random characters, the platypus, Mr. Lugnut, Super Ninja Monkey, the dude, the biscuit farmer, Queen Spatula, (laughs) Batbeleg Chinzerig, and Mrs. Picklefeather. What? (laughs) And your goal is to reach the center of the board first. But along the way, you have to draw cards of different categories that you must obey in order to keep moving. 
These categories can be crazy stunts, answering hilarious trivia questions, new rules that you must observe for the remainder of the game, reciting poetry. The possibilities are truly endless. This game won Game of the Year among its six awards when it came out, and every time I have played it, I have laughed so hard that my ab muscles and sides hurt the next day. It's truly the most strange and nonsensical game out there and takes you straight into the wackiest parts of Wonderland. And it is the must play at your next Mad Tea Party. So Alice in Wonderland Mm. fans and truly any board game fans out there, you need to try Quelf. It is the funnest time ever. Okay, I'm surprised you and I yeah. haven't played that together. Like I don't own it. Out of that. I'm going to ask it for Christmas because <gasps> as soon as I was doing, I was like, "Oh fuck, I don't own Quelf. I should get Quelf." Oh my oh, god, it's yeah. so fun. Yeah, that's a great match. That is so very Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. What do you have? So I chose apparel for Alice in Wonderland. So if you like Alice in Wonderland, I think you will like the brand Selkie. So if any of you follow Disney influencers, which I'm sure you pretty much all do, you've surely seen them flouncing around the parks in their whimsical puff dresses from Selkie. So Selkie is founded by designer Kimberly Gordon. She grew up in love with folklore and make-believe, and her designs can help you channel both Wonderland and also, like, you know, English Riverbank Alice vibes. So Mm. Kimberly Gordon talks about what she wants customers to feel when they purchase one of her pieces. And she said, there have to be so many women out there who want to find themselves or are looking for themselves again. And maybe this company can be a representation of my age group who are looking for joy later on. So this feels very in line with the desire that Alice has to find something more beyond the ordinary life that she's leading. So the origin of Selkie, the name is also feels very Wonderland to me, too. It's very fairy tale esque. So it's it's magical, but it's got a little bit of a, a twist to it as well. So this is what the Selkie site describes as the inspiration. So in Irish, Scottish, Icelandic, and Scandinavian folklore, the Selkie is a woman of the ocean who lives inside a seal skin. When she comes up to the rocks, she slips out of her skin to bask in the sun. If a man is able to steal her skin while she sleeps, she's forced to become his wife and live on land. But if the Selkie finds her skin again, she transforms back into her true form and immediately returns to the sea free. Love that. So kind of pop- tragic, though. <laughs> it's tragic. And it's also like, that's what I'm saying. It's like a little bit weird, which like Wonderland is always just so. Yeah. I never got into Alice in Wonderland. So, you know, there's a, there's just some edge to it that I could never quite connect with. So the puff dress is Selkie's most popular style. They have got puff sleeves, huge full poofy skirts, and they absolutely scream Wonderland. Although puff sleeves and corset style tops and dresses are very in now, these designs totally up the ante. They come in the most whimsical colors and patterns that take them beyond your everyday dress look. And that's what Wonderland kind of feels like to me, taking everyday elements and things that are familiar to you and amplifying them or turning them on their heads a bit. Mm-hmm. Some dresses feature twall patterns, while some um, are, are covered in lace around the collar or have stylized Peter Pan collars. So if you were going to venture into Wonderland for a tea party in one of these beauties, you would 100% fit in. But if you wanted to channel more 
real-world English Alice, then the day dress collection on the website uh, is full of more demure, longer-length cotton dresses that are in more everyday casual prints. And then the Ritz dress collection, this one is totally for the queen of hearts. Floor-length, dramatic gowns with ruffles fit for royals who want to be the center of attention. And may I note that you could totally play croquet in any one of these. (laughs) So definitely take a look. They are so much fun. They are not cheap. They are an investment. But when you look on the website, you can tell that they're really made with care. And they're extremely size inclusive, which I also just absolutely love. Yeah. Hey, we love that. All right. So the next film that we're tackling is Holes. Caroline, what category have you chosen for your Holes recommendation? So I chose TV. So pardon me, everyone. I've got two options here. I've got one that's a little bit more family-friendly and one that is not. So if you like Holes, I think you will also like the Wayside series on TV or the series Mayor of Easttown. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the Wayside series. So Lewis Sacker is the author of the book Holes, which inspired the film, of course. I was fully obsessed with so many of his books growing up, and some of them being from the Wayside School series. I remember one of my teachers in like third and fourth grade read them aloud to us. I was totally captured. So the book series was developed into a TV series that briefly aired on Nickelodeon. Like the books, it follows Todd, a new student at Wayside School, a bizarre 30-story school building where everything's upside down and mixed up and rumors swirl about the mysterious blocked off 19th floor. I remember that sticking with me so much. Like, what was on the and 19th floor? And you live on floor? the 19th floor. <gasps> You're right. That's so spooky. It's spooky. Yeah, this book totally captured my imagination growing up. And I'm going to be, I haven't seen the series, but I will be seeking it out after this because I'm assuming it's going to have a lot of the same off-kilter, twisted, but still kid-friendly vibes that I feel like Holes is a very specific, it's a very specific place with that. It's very grown up and dark, but still accessible to children. Very interesting. The whole whole situation with Kiss and Kate Blake. Yes. Oh my gosh. That That shook me when I was a kid. That shook me. (laughs) It's so good. I'm like, oh yes, we're given racial justice here. We're getting everything. (laughs) Romance. You know I loved the romance. Oh, please. please. Crimes. And also just like in the the film having Dulé Hill and Patricia Arquette. Like, yes. Absolutely yes. Oh my God. Absolutely yes. So actually on that note, if you want to kind of have that same feeling that you had when you were a kid watching Holes, I recommend HBO's Mayor of Easttown starring Kate Winslet. So in it, Kate Winslet plays Detective Mayor, who investigates the murder of a teenage mother from her town. And she is also still haunted by another case of a missing child that she's been unable to solve for the past year. This show absolutely had me on the edge of my seat trying to get a step ahead of the mystery that started to unravel. And it's much like I felt trying to figure out what the hell was going on at Camp Green Lake in Holes. Mare and her family are also extremely vivid and imperfect, and they really bring to mind the fantastic cast of characters from Holes. I truly loved it, and sometimes it's hard to, you know, kind of be surprised when you're an adult and we can kind of get one step ahead, and I could not figure this one out, and it had me on the edge of my seat. It was fantastic. Yeah, Mare has you... Every single time you've got it figured out, like, you do not have it I really thought out. I had it figured out so many times. I thought I did, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you got? 
So for me, I opted to use the category of podcasts as my Mm. recommendation for Holes. So I was a huge fan of the book Holes when I was a kid, and I thought the film was excellent too. In addition to being a well-structured story, it was also my young self's introduction to the injustices of our justice and prison system that are obviously much worse and insanely more persistent than I could conceive. So if you liked Holes, I think that you would love season three of the popular podcast Serial from the creators of This American Life, hosted by Sarah Koenig. This is the investigative journalist podcast that took podcasting into the mainstream Mm -hmm. by telling a nonfiction story over a series of episodes in a season. Now, most people, when they think of Serial, they think of season one, which covers the case of the 1999 murder of Heyman Lee in Baltimore and Adnan Syed, her ex-boyfriend, who was convicted in the case. The podcast revisits that case and starts to put their own independent investigation together to see if Adnan may have been falsely convicted. Now, for that matter, in terms of false convictions like Stanley Yelnats, season one can mm-hmm. also be a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. But I'm recommending season three, which follows the normal operations of the American criminal justice system, as opposed to the more extraordinary cases that they'd covered previously. Sarah Koenig describes this season as, quote, a year watching ordinary criminal justice in the least exceptional, most middle-of-the-road, most middle-of-the-country place we could find, Cleveland, end quote. Mm. The episodes follow different cases, primarily focused on cases heard at the Cuyahoga County Court of Common Pleas at the Justice Center in Cleveland, The injustices of the cases range from a woman who is being harassed at a bar being the one arrested and tried in court to police brutality cases with profile episodes of prosecutors as they negotiate a plea deal and an analysis of the criminal justice system's adverse effects on youth. For all of those reasons, this podcast is at the front of my mind when thinking about the minor offenses that have landed the boys of holes in a horrible Mm -hmm. situation with the criminal justice system and victims of an abusive private juvenile detention center, basically. So Serial Season 3, that is the recommendation. It's a wonderful, enlightening, mildly horrific ride Mm. in many ways that Holes is as well. Yeah. Mm. That's good. All right. Moving right along. To the Aristocats. Connor, what category did you choose for this? All right. I chose the category of TV for the Aristocats. And I was actually really proud of this one. Okay. So if you like the Aristocats, you will love Shit's Creek. <laughs> when thinking of the characters from the Aristocats, we've got this wonderful, well-to-do family of cats through no fault of their own, finding themselves far from home in the French countryside. <laughs> And having to survive with folks a bit more simple and rough around the edges. And what better TV show encompasses that than Shit's Creek? Mm-hmm. The show, if you haven't watched it yet, stars Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Annie Murphy. And it's streaming now on Hulu. It's not on Netflix anymore. It follows the rich, affluent, and eccentric Rose families fall from grace after all of their assets are seized save their ownership of a small town called Shit's Creek. There, they live in a motel and struggle to adapt to a simpler life 
and along the way find a greater bond with their family and extend that to the kind, homegrown folks of the town, with a shit ton of laughs along the way. If you haven't watched this incredible Emmy-winning comedy, this is your excuse right now to go watch it. And if you're already a fan, go watch The Aristocats and then sail right into (laughs) a couple episodes of Schitt's Creek for a lot of fun parallels because they're a match made in heaven in my opinion. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So Caroline, what do you have? All right, so I have music. So... If you like the Aristocats, I think you will also enjoy the Vitamin String Quartet, specifically the Bridgerton covers that they do. Mm, so, But really, any Vitamin String any Quartet. Vitamin God string quartet. damn. Oh, so yes. good. These String Quartet covers of pop songs feel so Duchess meets Thomas O'Malley. Proper and classy and classic meets modern and a little bit rougher around the edges. So it's funny, like when you when you look up Aristocats online, it's listed as a romantic musical comedy. And these songs totally have this vibe, and so does Bridgerton in spades. So some of my favorites of the Bridgerton covers are Thank You Next and Dancing on My Own. Dancing on My Own's from the newest season. Um, but this group, as we just said, has also covered tons of pop hits outside of Bridgerton. Um, Love Me Like You Do, Shut Up and Dance. The list is truly endless. These tunes could totally be played in both uh, Madame Adelaide's mansion. I mean, she's an opera singer. She would love the strings. Mm-hmm. Or also in front of Scat Cat and his band because they're very ingenious and creative. And I think that they would have respect for that. Plus, anything inspired by the Aristocats, I think, has to have that touch of sophistication. And I wanted to go a route a little bit outside of the obvious choice, which would be jazz. But, you know, you could put on any jazz if you're looking for, you know, that kind of vibe, that works too. But I wanted to go a little bit more the Duchess route. And I, I feel like Vitamin String Quartet, they also do some like jazzy shit too. They do a, they, they've covered it They all. have a lot There's of genres There's something for everybody cover. with them. Yes, 100%. Their Christmas stuff is great. Like, yeah. so good. Yes. All right. So our next film is Zootopia. Caroline, what category do you have? So I'm going to recommend a podcast. If you like Zootopia... I recommend We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle. First of all, I feel like We Can Do Hard Things is like basically Judy Hopps' motto. Glennon Doyle and Judy Hopps are definitely kindred spirits. And if you need something to listen to that will encourage you to try everything, this is it. So I actually first heard Glennon speak on an episode of Oprah's Super Soul podcast, which is one of my favorites and another incredibly inspiring listen. You can't go wrong with literally any episode of that. Glennon is the author of the wildly popular Untamed, which encourages readers, especially women, to find their inner untamed cheetahs, which also feels very Zootopia to me. Recent episodes of We Can Do Hard Things cover boundaries, how to stop being overly polite, self-soothing strategies, and believing in your own greatness, all with incredible celebrity guests. I just listened to um, the episode where Sarah Bareilles is the guest. Highly recommend. It's so real and uplifting. And Judy would totally listen to this on her headphones on the way to the precinct. So when you need to do something hard, whether it's being a parking cop or quitting the job that's not good for you, pop this on and get inspired. 
And you know what? Playing Try Everything Afterward would just be the cherry on top. I have never heard of this podcast. That's <gasps> awesome. Oh my gosh, go listen to the Sarah Bareilles episode. You'll I feel like it. I have to. You have to. Wow. You'll love Glennon too. Oh, and her wife. So <gasps> far, I'm really, really digging these tips and tricks because we're getting a lot of stuff that's not Disney related. I know. It's things that we just don't have the opportunity to talk about on here. Yeah. Like, here's everything else that we, like, watch, listen to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what about you? All right. So for me, I'm doing a recommendation of music for Zootopia. Mm. So this recommendation comes in part from my sister who introduced this to me, but it actually fits the style of music that I really dig listening to anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you like Zootopia, then you'll love Chill Hop Music's channel on YouTube. Uh So Chill Hop Music is a music label in Rotterdam that specializes in music that is a blend of hip hop, jazz, and lo-fi music. Oh, love me some lo-fi. Exactly. Chill Hop is one of the leading platforms in this genre that has grown in popularity since they really got in the game and started exploring this sound. One of their trademarks is the immersive visual art that accompanies their collection of music featuring a city-dwelling anthropomorphic raccoon. (laughs) It's a perfect marriage in that the sound of this music and the visuals feel like they're actually ripped right from the streets of Zootopia on a normal, lazy, uneventful city day. Mm. So if you're a fan of chill, jazzy beats and the city life of the animals of Zootopia, Chill Hop Music has you covered. Their music is also available on Apple Music and Spotify with the beautiful artwork, but unfortunately you lose some of the immersive animations that you get on the YouTube channel, which is why if you're working from your computer, just pull it up in the background on YouTube um, and then every once in a while just click over and just sort of like see what's going on with the raccoon or like Yeah, put it on your smart TV in the background. That's what I like to do and then you can watch them and then work on your computer. Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't if you don't really know what lo-fi music is, check out Chill Hop Music. It's really really good an introduction to like lo-fi music. It's just like Yeah. Hmm. It's perfect to just mellow you out a little bit, which if you're like Judy Hops, you're going to have a stressful day. Mm-hmm. You need to mellow out. But I love to imagine that like if we were to stop focusing on Judy Hops and then just pick up some random person <laughs> somewhere, maybe in like a further borough out from city center of Zootopia, mm. just like going about their day, like with their headphones on, like this is <gasps> yes. what we would hear. In many ways, the vibe of chill hop music and its relationship to Zootopia is much of the vibe that I was getting from Elemental, the Elemental trailer. Mm, so Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're getting lo-fi vibes. Oh, like, mm. Yeah, and then this can be everyone's gateway into all of the um, Disney lo-fi loops that are on YouTube. Yes. Ooh, quality. Yeah. Quality. Yeah. Yeah. I love lo-fi while I'm working during the day. Yeah, it's great because it's just like, let's manage your uh, adrenaline right yeah. now. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. Oh. Let's move to our next film, Monsters, Inc. What did you choose for this? Okay. Uh, I chose Apparel. And I know that I had said that I'm not doing recommendations that are 
mainly Disney, but this is, is a I'm going to refer you to something That's that okay. is, is slightly oh, no, Disney related. This is still here. a Disney podcast, lest we start forgetting today. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, so this is the bad recommendation, but if you like Monsters Inc., then you'll love the Adidas line of Monsters Inc. inspired shoes yeah. that they launched a while back. Yeah. They have since gone off sale from the Adidas website, which uh this is kind of why I feel like it's a bad recommendation. Also, side note, Adidas has some amazing Disney-inspired shoes with villains and princesses alike right now. The Moana shoes are incredible. I low-key want them. They have Ursula shoes that are, like, all black with, like, a purple heel. Mm. They look really hot. Like, really hot. But they had a line of shoes, both for kids and adults, that was inspired by Monsters, Inc. Uh, For example, they have one that has Sully's iconic blue fur with purple spots. I love those furry ones. And they're actually furry. They cover the whole body of the shoe. And then Mike's iconic lime green is on the heel in the back. Uh, They also had shoes that were inspired by Boo with the flowers from her door. And even a pair inspired by my favorite character, George Sanderson, with his orange and yellow fur with a little horn that was on a strap that covers the laces in the center. Like, truly, if we're distilling these characters down into shoes, this is how we're doing it. I was really bummed because the George Sanderson ones were only kid sizes and my foot is freaking huge. (laughs) If they were in adult sizes, you best believe that I would own a pair of George Sanderson Adidas (laughs) shoes right now. But they're truly amazing, and you can find them on some sites that do resale. So you just have to sort of dig around a little bit for them, but you can find them. You can also sign up on the Adidas website to be notified when they're back in stock. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of a shitty recommendation in that it's not readily available. But with digging, I think you can find the pair that you're looking for. And if you're a Monsters, Inc. fan, you will do whatever it takes to get that baby back through the door. You'll do whatever it takes to get the shoes on your feet. Yes. Caroline, what do you got? So I am recommending a game. So if you like Monsters, Inc., I recommend Sushi Go Party. So if like this me. This game is so fun. This game is so much fun. So if if like me, Harryhausen's is one of your favorite Monstropolis locales, this game is for you. You can have all the fun of a night out at a sushi restaurant without the CDA busting in on a 2319 call. So Sushi Go Party is a card game that mimics the conveyor belt of a sushi restaurant as players pass their hands around the table in order to grab the most high-value sushi combinations. So Sushi Go Party is the expanded edition of the original Sushi Go, and it's absolutely fantastic for groups as up to eight players can join in. It's quick to pick up, fast-paced, and very addicting. I've brought it to many different groups from family gatherings to smaller friend hangs, and it's always a hit. It has won tons of awards, including the 2020 Gras Roku Best Party Game, and it also got a nomination for Game of the Year from Gras Roku also. You have to stay very aware of the strategies your fellow players are utilizing in order to either beat them at their own game or cooperate by splitting strategies, which feels very much like the lap floor to me or, you know, the scare floor back in the day. The cards and the board are also adorably designed, and the unique looks of each sushi and each dish will appeal to anyone who loves the unique and silly designs of the citizens of Monstropolis. I love this game. 
It's so much fun. It's so hard to stop playing. Uh, I got introduced to it two Christmases ago, and it was given to me as a gift last Christmas. And so, you know, around this time of year, if you're looking for a good game to bring to the family holiday, this is a great choice. Yo, games at holiday get-togethers, like, Mm. it is truly the best. It is Mm. a game changer. Get people involved. You will have the most fun with your family that you've ever had. Even if, like, you're not very close with family or you have people who, like, uh, force them to play a game with you. Yeah. And I guarantee you will make memories. You will bridge gaps. Like, yeah, that is one of the reasons why I'm such a firm believer in games. Yeah, we it, both have that in common. We it love will a give game. you mm-hmm. memories, like all kinds of stuff. You, and this you one's great because I think at these family events, like, you know, people hear that they have to learn a new game and they're like, eh, I don't want to. This one is very quick for people to pick up on. It will not take long. So those people who just like don't have the brain space after they had a little bit of eggnog or whatever they will be able to pick this up as well. Exactly. You're not explaining how to play villainous. Exactly. Do not It's not tabletop role playing. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to pick up. It's yeah. great. All right. So our next film is Enchanted. And Caroline, what category have you chosen for your recommendation? I have chosen theater. Ooh, yeah. I love the theater. Yeah. It's a little obvious since I feel like Enchanted, we, we talk all the time about how Enchanted would make a great Broadway show. It's a musical. But please don't laugh at my choices because they're just so typically me. I can't even. So if you like Enchanted, I have two recommendations for you because one I haven't seen. So I just want to give you a backup. Huh, the first so, one's in Juliet, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I knew it. So I, I recommend and Juliet. And Bad Cinderella. Bear with me. Oh, my God. Bear with me, people. So I'm offering two options here. Like I said, I haven't seen either show live, but I do know a bit about Bad Cinderella, so we'll get there. But both of these musicals take classic, sometimes helpless heroines and give them back their agency, just as Giselle finds for herself in Enchanted. So and Juliet imagines what would happen if Juliet didn't die at the end of Romeo and Juliet, set against the pop songbook of writer Max Martin who penned so many hits you would not even believe, but some are Larger Than Life, Domino, Baby One More Time, Roar, and so many more you would not even believe. The juxtaposition of the pop songbook and the late 1500s setting feels very much like the contrast between Giselle's fairy tale world and the New York City that she finds herself in. I cannot wait to see this show. It just opened on November 17th, and it looks like it's set for a very long and successful run. And the reviews are kind of insanely good for it. They're (laughs) great. They're amazing. Yeah, the the reviews have, like, made people fight their cynicism about jukebox musicals. And I feel like that's very enchanted, too. Just, like, the anti-cynicism, just joy spreading. Yeah. It's, it's all there. Can't wait yeah. to see that. Can't wait to talk about it once I do. Um, but my other suggestion is this kind of, like, obsession of mine that's been going on for a it minute. It really is. I'm so glad. Oh I never God. thought I'd have the opportunity to talk about it on this podcast. So I started listening to the original London cast recording of Android Webber's Cinderella. I guess it was like over the summer and it kind of captured my imagination. And when I found out it was coming to Broadway, I was so excited. But there's a lot of things going on here. So Bad Cinderella, which it's now called in its Broadway iteration, um, is landing on Broadway in February and sits in the very Enchanted-esque, you know, turn a fairy tale on its head kind of place. 
Do we so, know what theater it's coming to? Yes, we it's do. coming to the Imperial. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have yet to see, like, the, the theater in London had the ability to become a theater in the round and the seats moved. And I I don't have high hopes for that to happen at the Imperial, but if it did, it would make my entire year. So formerly known as Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella, the show is a West End import. It has a complicated history. Folks might have some mixed feelings with Andrew Lloyd Webber because of it, hence my and Juliet suggestion as well. But in this story, Cinderella, like Giselle, is very much a fish out of water in the kingdom of Belleville, where beauty and appearances are the most important thing. She realizes she has fallen in love with Prince Sebastian, her childhood friend, and the events of the classic fairy tale are set in motion with some major twists. So if you love So Close from Enchanted, you should listen to the songs Far Too Late and Only You, Lonely You, the latter of which might be one of my new favorite musical theater songs literally ever, and that I am not kidding about. So this Cinderella is as sharp-edged as Giselle is saccharine, and I honestly find them both equally delightful. We shall see. There are a lot of changes coming to this show. I truly don't know what to expect, but I don't know. Y'all, there's no explanation for it. It's captured my imagination. So Yeah, it really <laughs> has. Oh my God. <laughs> so uh I just wanna I just wanna talk about it with some other folks. So that's what I recommend. <laughs> wow. What about you? Oh right. <laughs> like I'm I sorry, I, I just totally derailed you with my bad no, Cinderella I I talk. Uh so I've chosen to do a recommendation in home goods and decor that is inspired mm. by Enchanted. Oh, tell me. So Enchanted is all about bringing the magic to the modern world. And one of my favorite things from the film is how the magical world of Andalasia is just one magic portal away. Mm -hmm. So if you like Enchanted, then you will love your very own magical book nook. These are magical diorama bookshelf inserts that make it look like an entire miniature magical world is alive right next to your books. Two of my favorite sellers of these dioramas on Etsy are, and I'm going to butcher this one, but it's La Casa della Trebefane, Befane, but tre, I don't know. <laughs> T-R-E-B-E-F-A-N-E. I, I don't oh, have to great, say it great. when I type it into my computer. Right. And they sell fully built illuminated portals for your bookcase. And then the other one is Lost in Alley, who sells DIY kits, often illuminated as well, that allow you to create the magic with your own two hands. Mm. When I was thinking about home decor that really captures a mini magical world in your own modern home, this was the choice. They have worlds that are inspired by literary classics from Pride and Prejudice, The Lord of the Rings, even Harry Potter and Stephen King's It, while also having oh, wow. more generic and ambiguous fantasy worlds that you can bring into your home. They're beautiful and insanely detailed to really feel the immersion and that illusion that there is a world right next to your book. Mm. And there are also some equally beautiful cutout silhouette shadow box versions available too, which they look amazing. There's a bunch of different sellers. Go look on Etsy, look for book nooks, and you'll see a lot of really, really amazing designs. But now you can bring your own Andalasia right into your home and look over to remind yourself of the little bits of magic in your life. I want one. I want one. Yeah, one of the most popular ones that people see is the like mini Diagon Alley. Where, like, you, it's the shape of a book, 
but it's open and illuminated and you see the little buildings and that sort of like has an illusion of like curving around the edge. So it just looks like it goes on forever. And then there are some Mm. that will do tricks with mirrors and sort of make it look like there's like an infinity library or something right Ah. next to your books. Like people go crazy with the designs for these dioramas and Yes, you're going to pay a pretty penny, but you're paying an artist who's like building a magic world for you that lights up. And to me, that's worth it. Mm. So that's my that's my suggestion. It's a it's a really cool way of just being like, oh, this little magical moment in my house. A portal. I love it. Let's move on to Lady and the Tramp. I just love Lady and the Tramp, especially at this time of year. So what did you choose for Lady and the Tramp? Okay, so it's kind of basic, but uh, I chose food and dining for Lady and the Tramp. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) You know, food and dining. And if you like Lady and the Tramp, then you will love a recipe for spaghetti in meatballs. (gasps) Not spaghetti and meatballs, spaghetti in meatballs. Oh, yeah. Nothing is more iconic from Lady and the Tramp than the scene at Tony's where Lady and the Tramp share a plate of spaghetti and meatballs. And my recommendation would be this very fun recipe that I tried with my sister Erin a few years back that is this fun spin on the meal, spaghetti and meatballs. Basically, you cook your pasta. I recommend angel hair pasta, spaghetti, or linguine. And it's important not to break it. You don't need much, uh, so you can take small amounts of the cooked pasta, you twirl it, and then you place it at the center of your meatball mixture and mold the meatball around the pasta, which is twirled in the center. Then you stick that in the oven to bake and you serve it with marinara sauce warmed as your dip. It can make a great appetizer for a gathering if you're making them small to average size, Or you can make the meatballs really big and use it as a meal. It's super fun. It makes one of the most popular meals ever a finger food, which, like, I never thought spaghetti and meatballs could be a finger food, but, like, it absolutely can. Could be something really fun to try at a holiday get-together or something like that. Um, If you look on my Instagram, I have a highlight of food called Noms on my personal Instagram. And if you go through there, you can actually see a picture of the finished product from when we made it. We did sort of like a larger meal size version, but it's a super duper fun little way of taking spaghetti and meatballs and sort of turning it on its head or turning it outside in. That sounds good. I want a meatball right now. Mm. And also would be so much more accessible for Lady and the Tramp, though, unfortunately, like, wouldn't have brought them close to kissing. But right. alas. <laughs> this is for all those single dogs out there. <laughs> Caroline, what do you have? I chose home goods and decor for Lady and the Tramp. So if you like Lady and the Tramp, oh, my goodness. I am recommending Pups on Cups from Poppy Angeloff. These are so delightful. I could actually cry. And she will. (laughs) (laughs) So for $40, you can get a teacup and saucer pair featuring one of 21 different breeds of dogs. The vibe of these little teacups and saucers is so beyond lady. I can't even. And this works for dog owners and non-dog owners alike. So doggy parents can find the breed that most resembles their little fur baby and buy that. While those who just like adorable, just very aesthetic drinkware can buy a mixed set featuring many different breeds in gorgeous pastel tones. 
Connor's literally looking it up right now. And I'm I am going right to tell you that you need to because you need to. I'm looking it up. And so each item is hand-painted and also has 24 karat gold accents. You can even get a teapot and six-cup saucer set. And also, in the spirit of just, you know, loving and caring for animals, especially rescues like Lady and the Tramp, these cups are ethically made with no animal-derived ingredients, and they are packaged in lacquered gift boxes that feel oh so very Lady at Christmas. Just head to poppyangeloff.com and click on Pups on Cups and you will squeal. Ah! Oh my exactly. god! How cute They're are so those? good. You can create your own porcelain set. I can't even. Oh my god! It's, they're they're perfect. They're perfect. <laughs> All right, we've got corgis, we've got yorkies, we've got dachshunds, we've got pugs, we've got chihuahuas. Oh, we have poodles. We've got all these good pooters. Oh like my these God. work too, even if you don't have a dog. They're just a they're adorable. There's a Westy one. There's yeah. beagles. The beagle has a bow tie. I know. Oh. I know. Fuck. These are awesome. They're just so aesthetically pleasing too. Just beautifully made. They are, and you are so right. It's the full lady it's fantasy. Lady. It's like Ugh. you've got the sort of like cameo kind of style. It feels very early happening. 1900s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you hit this one out of the ball. Oh, yeah. Girl. I got so excited when I found these. Uh, somebody needs this for the holidays. Y'all should definitely check this out. It's, it would be such a yeah. great gift. Oh, wow. So mm. cute. Ugh. All right. So our next film is The Parent Trap. Caroline, what category did you choose? So I went with food and dining for this one. I feel like the parent trap features a lot of food, you know, like Oreos dipped in peanut butter, chili from Chessie. I mean, it goes on and on. So I'm sorry. I'm being a little bit chaotic and I've chosen two things again. I'm really sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. So if you like the parent trap, you will enjoy. I'm sorry, everyone. These are both in New York, but for your next trip, if you're not from the area, and I'm sure you can find places like this near you too, I recommend Bluebird London or North River Lobster Company. So Bluebird London is for those of us whose favorite portion of the parent trap was the wedding salon montage with Never Let You Go played over it. So Bluebird London is located in Columbus Circle and overlooks Central Park, and it just oozes class, glamour, and a little bit of British fun. So afternoon tea, I've had afternoon tea here twice. It was magical both times. The treat tower is served, um, in, everyone gets their own little individual gold bird cage with all of the little treats inside. Oh and you can God. even opt for a boozy tea option. And so it can come with a little bubbly or a gin and tonic bevy. It's just all very, very British. Oh, God. Bevy. Bevy. <laughs> Get out of here. It's a bevy. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Um, on weekends they have um a jazz brunch with a live singer. I've been there for that. Absolutely incredible. And the bar is just very warm and inviting. Elizabeth James would be so at home here. So when you go, just don't forget your um top hat with a veil. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, try this. <laughs> Never let you go. Hey, um, 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 uh, I'll never, never let, let you go. go. Wow. Wow, uh, wow, 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 wow. But if that's not, if that wasn't your favorite part of the movie and you want to channel more of the energy of Elizabeth and Nick's romantic meeting on the high seas, look no further 
than North River Lobster Company. This is a New York City dinner cruise that's actually affordable. So, of course, there are tons that will take you up and down the Hudson to see the Statue of Liberty, but this is going to be in everyone's budget. So, the boat leaves from Pier 81 on 41st Street in New York City, and cruises travel either up the Hudson for an hour for $10 or two hours to the Statue of Liberty and back for uh, $25. You can even buy a pass for the whole spring through late summer season to up your chances of a meet cute. The cruises offer a menu of all different kinds of seafood from oysters to like fried clams, anything that you could really want, cocktails, wines, and the best part is there's no food and drink minimum. So you can pay your $10, get on the boat, have a lovely cruise, And that's all that you're required to do. So I feel like, you know, you buy the season pass, maybe you'll end up seeing the same person on the lobster boat. Yeah, maybe you just wave your hand, send me around again, just (laughs) hang out on the cruise all night. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's what I got. Cool. What did you choose? Well, I chose travel for Mm. the parent trap. Mm -hmm. So when I think of the parent trap, I immediately think of the 1998 film starring Lindsay Lohan instead of the 1961 film, which I feel like we were both on that same vibe. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's it's Yeah, I grew up on it, but also I kind of think it's like the best version of the story. It is. I'll say it. I'll say it. There there we go. You got a hot take right here in the episode. And there are many different travel recommendations that I could make based off of this film because there's just like so many locations. Are we going to camp? No, we're not. (laughs) But I want to give you a day trip opportunity that I think will be available to most people. So you give a recommendation that takes them to New York and I'm going to give a recommendation that Mm. you can do from home, essentially. Like a way of traveling but not going too far. So if you liked The Parent Trap, I think you will love a day trip to your local winery. Definitely. From the opening sequence of the film to Nick Parker's expansive California winery to the deeply romantic reconnection between Nick and Liz in the wine cellar over Mm. the wine from their wedding, wine is this beautiful motif throughout the movie. And you don't have to go to California for good wine. In fact, you'd probably be surprised how many wineries are actually near you that offer great selections, unique blends, and the chance for you to support a local vintner. I always feel like Moira Rose. The craftsmanship and quality (laughs) of a local vintner. (laughs) So I would recommend doing a day trip to a local winery. Do a tour of the facilities if they offer it. See how they make wine because it's really fascinating and hang out in the tasting room to sample some wine and other local offerings that they might have available because most times local wineries will partner with local farms and things like that to bring in cheeses and like, you know, different Mm, other things that they can offer with olives. I could go for that right now. Exactly. So you can do that local to you. Or if you're traveling and you're looking to fill a day on a vacation, find a winery and do a tasting to immerse yourself in the flavors of the area because everybody's going to have something new. I personally, in in Maryland, we have a local winery that my dad actually does a lot of work with. They're called Harford Winery. And truly never even knew. I was like, oh, God, we have wineries in Harford mm, County, Yeah, Maryland. you're right. There are, there are places you wouldn't expect. Yeah. You wouldn't expect them. And it's 
probably my favorite wine, like, ever. I love Mm -hmm. their wine. It's so, so good. Mm -hmm. So you'll be surprised what's local to you and the really great wine selections that you could have. So just make a day out of it. Do a little bit of light traveling. If you want to go a little bit further away, see a couple counties over or go across the state line, Mm -hmm. just check out what's available to you. Um, It's just like a fun way to sort of toast the parent trap while getting outside of your normal day-to-day travel routine. Now that we're adults and drinking wine, I just, I want a Nick Parker wine label. I want to drink his wine. Oh, my God. When he goes down into that wine cellar, I was just like, oh, God. No, I was just thinking, I was like, shit, I got to rewatch this. (laughs) And then when he opens up, he has all of the wine. He's been buying up all the wine from their wedding. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We are at our last film already. This was fun. Connor, Robin Hood. What did you choose? All right. So I chose my last category, which is books. If you like Robin Hood, then you'll love the King Killer Chronicle series by Patrick Rothfuss. This has been like my recommendation of the year mm-hmm. since I plowed through this shit. Everything that's available so far in this series later this spring. Mm-hmm. This series had been recommended to me for years and I finally settled in and started it and I'm so glad I did. Beginning with The Name of the Wind, which is the first book in the series, this series immerses you in a realistic fantasy world that feels all at once familiar and separate, much in the way that Robin Hood's England feels in the film. It follows the life of an infamous adventurer and musician named Quoth as recounted to a scribe over the course of three days. So he tells his life story over the course of three days, and each day is a different book in the series. The story makes really interesting use of narration as the present day is told in the third person, but switches to the first person as Quoth dictates his story to the scribe, starting his days as a young boy through his adventures as a man. And it reminds me very much of Alan Adale, the rooster in Robin Hood, and his unique narration both being outside of the story and within the story himself. So if you like that sort of spin on literary and storytelling conventions, this is a must read. But even in content, it's the story of an ingenious, rebellious young man enduring poverty and rising above all odds to become more than a man, but a legend, much in the same way that Robin of Loxley is a legend as well. I will recommend this series till the end of time. Be forewarned, though, that the author, Patrick Rothfuss, is a perfectionist. The Name of the Wind, which was the first novel, that came out in 2007. It was followed by his second book, The Wise Man's Fear, in 2011. The third book, The Doors of Stone, that is meant to complete the three-day cycle of Quoth's retelling of his story to the scribe, is still not out Whoa. as of 2022 with no release date scheduled. Oh my gosh. So enter knowing that, savor it, reread all of it, but please, oh please, read this mastery of modern fantasy and American literature. It's so good. He he even brought out a little novella that accompanies it that's like a separate character, sort of like mini story that's like beautiful. The writing is just some of the most beautiful writing I've ever seen. It's easy to read. It's poetic. It's just, it's mm-hmm. like, 
it's absolutely amazing fantasy. I think you actually might like it now that I think of it. Okay. There's a lot of romance in it too. Is there? Oh. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It feels kind of like Princess Bridey in a way. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's not like dr- all dragons and beasts and monsters mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's, okay. it's a more realistic fantasy. There is magic, but the magic system is really, really like complex and specific and interesting and it and it's it's not referred to like as magic it's called sympathy because it's like you're taking magic or like you're generating a fire by taking heat from another thing and like channeling it into something it's like it's very interesting but I'm going to have a Caroline moment real quick, and I'm also going to yes, give you, you an <laughs> Agent you of Chaos moment. I'm going to give you a second recommendation that is not of the books category. I'm giving you a dining bonus. Ooh. So as a small dining bonus, if you find yourself in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, there is a restaurant called Loxley's that is part of the Heritage Hotel. And it's their main outdoor dining experience with indoor dining as well. And when you arrive at the hotel, the first thing you see before you even see the hotel is this giant treehouse structure with wooden staircases and decks connecting smaller rooms above, beautiful stonework and arches, a giant open patio space, a massive Tudor-style curved wall like a fortress, and gorgeous landscaping as well. This is Robin of Loxley's Sherwood Forest hideaway realized as a restaurant with cozy private environments tucked high among the tree branches, a large airy and open outdoor space, and three bars that are centralized around a tree at the middle of all of it. I want to go. It's the full-on Merry Men in Sherwood Forest surrounded by nature fantasy. But the best part At the end of your meal, you get to choose from a list of featured charities each month, and the restaurant will donate 10% of your food bill to the organization of your choosing as part of their (gasps) The Legend Continues program. Oh, my God. It's a -a one-of-a-kind dining experience, and I'm throwing it in as bonus because it's only in Lancaster. And I feel like it might be a little bit too niche to be an entire recommendation for me, but it's I'm just so like glad really you mentioned cool. this. It sounds so it's cool. Really cool. There's nothing like consistent about like everything is everything has has its own moment. Like there's like little curves and nooks and crannies and like uh, it's like eclectic. It's it's like people built this treehouse, this like mod podge like treehouse sort of thing. But it's also very like trendy and cool. And mm. they steal from the rich and give to the needy That's kind of thing. so good. Ah. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad you mentioned that. What do you have? All right. So I chose my last category, which is travel. So again, chaos. But I same reason <laughs> as you. I didn't want to keep making all of my options so New York-centric. So there sure. is one that's New York, and then there's one that's not. So Great. if you like Robin Hood, I recommend, my first recommendation is the Met Cloisters. In New York City. So the Cloisters, located in Fort Tryon Park, all the way up in, uh, you know, Inwood, Washington Heights area, at the tip of Manhattan, uh, is an outpost of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And it's truly 
a magical place that will have you waiting we for a We went there for my birthday. We went there for Connor's my birthday. My royal birthday. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's just going to have you waiting for Maid Marian to step out onto one of the parapets. The medieval-style building sits on a hill overlooking the Hudson and is home to medieval gardens, chapels, and gallery rooms filled with tapestries and art dating back to the 12th century. If your faves from Robin Hood are more like, you know, Friar Tuck and Maid Marian, this is your spot. Yeah. The unicorn tapestries, those famous unicorn tapestries, this is where they are. Exactly. Exactly. The whole place is very elegant. It's peaceful. It's meant to evoke a European monastery. The cloisters are also pay what you wish. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a little, you know, uh, rob the rich moment, you can still go You can pay nothing. You can pay nothing. Yeah. They can't stop you. They have the Met Gala every year. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They can afford me to go in and look at some tapestries for free every once in a while. And just like sit in in those, like, sit in those, those medieval gardens, I think are my favorite parts. Absolutely stunning. Just go sit out there. Listen to a fountain trickle for a bit. Oh, yes. Go tug on an old door. Absolutely. (laughs) As you do. As you do. And then if you are looking for an option outside of New York City, I'm going to talk about one that's located in New York, but they are located all over the country. And that's just good old classic Renaissance fair, people. So if the swashbuckling of the Merry Men is more your style, I'm going to talk about the New York Renaissance Fair. But they have um, some of the outposts are owned by the same people. So the folks who run the New York Renaissance Fair, yeah, they run uh, Renaissance Fairs in California and Illinois. Maryland has. There's a very big one in Pennsylvania every year. Um, So the one in New York, um, uh, the New York Renaissance Fair makes its home on 65 acres of land in Tuxedo Park, New York, which is about an hour drive from uptown New York City. You can absolutely fill a full ass day here. Shoot crossbows, watch jousting, see stage acts, eat a turkey leg, and even take part in a pub crawl that happens within the fair itself. There are that many places to go and drink and eat. It's pretty amazing. You can have your Robin and Marion moment on Yield Kissing Bridge and then get back to the fun. So adult tickets are $35 and children 5 through 12 are $18. It is truly delightful. Um, The New York Fair runs from the end of August through the beginning of October, but some of the other ones I mentioned, like California, Illinois, um, happen a little bit of a different time. So there's there's pretty much, except in the dead of winter, there's pretty much always a Renaissance Fair happening somewhere in America. I just kind of love that concept. They are so much. They are a freaking blast. Like, I have my little flower crown saved from when I went. I can't wait to put it back on and go back again. I, like drink some freaking like honey honey mead I think I had last time um the whole in the New York one at the end of the day all of the performers gather on the hill and sing this like end of the day song and you just feel so much a part of it and uh yeah it's like your own little band you feel like part of the band of Mary Men it's so much fun oh, I love that love a renaissance fair all righty well there you have it those are your 10 films that we don't talk enough about with recommendations from both of us stretching 10 different categories giving you variation for days (laughs) and uh hopefully something new and uh, a way to explore some things a little bit less disney inspired Mm -hmm. by disney So if you liked what you heard, please remember to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. So all of our episodes download to your device. You don't miss out on anything, including any bonus content that may happen. Also, 
please leave a five-star rating and a written review. It does so much for us. Truly, 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 we will be so grateful, especially going into this holiday season for just a couple kind words that might help someone else out there hit play on Poor Unfortunate Podcast. And please follow us on social media. So, you know, we are at Unfortunate Pod on Twitter. Twitter's falling apart. So who knows how much longer we'll it'll be there. So go check we'll it out see. while you can. <laughs> we'll be there till the end. But uh, we'll, we'll see. So our other options for you, we are at Poor Unfortunate Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram's where a lot of the magic happens and where we'll make posts about this episode, link you to anything from this episode that you're interested in. But uh, if you want more of a poor, unfortunate podcast community, then head over to Facebook for our private Facebook group, The Poor Unfortunate Fam. So we've got almost 100 listeners over there. That's where we source the ideas for this episode. So if you want to influence what we talk about and tell us what you want to hear more about, The Fam is 100% the place to go. Uh, And so we've, we've got a lot of fantastic episode ideas from there in this past week alone. So please come over there so we can meet you. We can hear what you love about Disney and we can cover it. So we would love to see you there. Yeah. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the Poor Unfortunate Shop, she's open. Go to poorunfortunatepodcast.com slash shop or just poorunfortunatepodcast.com and you can click around and look at all the stuff that we've got there because it's a website and we made it for you. (laughs) Remember, holiday orders must be placed by December 12th if you want to get them in time for uh, holidays later in the month of December. So truly all of the money that goes there, it's we're not like making bunches of money off of that thing. That's all going into the podcast if we do make anything, but really just so that you all have some merch out there because uh, we we want you to have what you want. So <laughs> we do. And the last thing I'll say is that it does take us a little bit of money to keep the podcast up and running and coming to you. We do have a PayPal account. It's linked in our episode description and it's in all of the links in our social media accounts as well. Truly anything you have to spare goes a long way for us. Uh, it can be $1, $5, $10 more than that. You can make it a monthly donation It all just goes right back into the podcast, helping us keep it free and ad free for the most part. It is the season of giving right now. So if you are inclined to give, uh, we're so, so grateful for that. If you're finding yourself a little bit stretched thin, especially with holiday season coming up, we totally understand that as well. A recommendation, a review, those go a really, really long way for us as well. So tell a friend, tell some family, tell an enemy. We'll take all of them. (laughs) We're not picky. (laughs) All are welcome here. (laughs) All are welcome. Well, I hope everyone's enjoying the holiday season. I just want to send yeah. some love. Yeah, it's absolutely the most wonderful time of the year. I hope you're all enjoying it. Yeah. And until next time, Beluga, Beluga Sevruga. Sevruga.